Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking movies, TV, comics, and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken. I'm joining me in studio as always. You know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. Man, do we have a lot to talk about in the land of movies, TV, comics, and more. Yeah. So definitely join in the conversation on social media. You can find all our links at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. You can join in on Facebook. You can join in on Twitter. You can join in on Instagram. You can join in on Podchaser. Drop that five-star review. Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to this program, definitely chime in, and we want to interact with you. And remember, use the hashtag ODPH. There is nothing bigger to recap than DC Fandom, and that's what we're going to lead off with this week. Same monster uh, numbers over the weekend. It was reported uh, just today that it generated 22 million views overall. I believe it. They're not coming from Variety. The hype was real. It delivered. We did a live reaction recap on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast. Dear Read Pop, this is how you do a virtual con- convention. Oh, yeah. Completely. And they- that is an open shot across the bow. Yeah. Oh, they set the bar because all the feedback that we heard about San Diego Comic-Con at home, and it was what it was. I am not hating on the people that did it. I am not criticizing them. They were thrown into it, and they tried making the best of a situation. They did provide content. Oh, I'm not even I'm not even talking about San Diego. I'm talking about multiverse. Well, multi, or yeah, multiverse was definitely a step Piece to, of see, garbage. to see where it was. No, you know, for the most part, it was a mixed, mixed of where they think they're going with New York Comic Con and where they were seeing San Diego was at. The only issue I heard with DC Fandom, and it's not even a major one, it's like a technical one that... I think any in any instance like this they would run into was it about an hour, half hour before the convention was supposed to start. People were having issues logging on, but that's going to happen when you have a couple million people all logging on to one site at the exact same time. Yeah, it's like the same thing when you try applying for uh, fan verification or picking up your badges for any con, Yeah, like New York or San Diego. It was to be expected there was going to be some glitches because once we had heard about the DC fandom was going to be the DC Comics exclusive convention. Uh-huh. I mean, that's the easiest way to describe it. Yep. And have different verses to replicate the multiverse. And it was going to be something for all different kinds of fandoms. I mean, we were going to have the Hall of Heroes, the U-verse, the Insider-verse, the Fun-verse, the Kid-verse, the Watch-verse. But as we rolled into last week's episode... The breaking news was they were only going to show the Hall of Heroes. They and, I'm, been, and I'm not going to lie, that whole setup they initially came out with was confusing as hell. Well, it was, but you know what they were trying to do is they were trying to be like a real con. No, I get that, but like that's the thing is unless you're having it like some sort of virtual Sims type world, mm-hmm. why the hell come up with any of this stuff anyway? Like people are going to log onto this site and watch whatever panel they want to. They're not going to care. Like all the, all the only reason they're going to care about what versus what is just so they can find their stuff easily. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a interesting setup they had, which, yeah. but like I said, they want to really reflect the multiverse and everything going on with that. So when it was originally announced, they were going to split it up. But however, as we were recording last week's episode, they announced that they were going to go straight to Hall of Heroes. Which so, I think in retrospect was a lot of people were like, okay, this is a good idea because there was a lot that came out. Oh, it was a good idea. And you know what really sucked is I had that whole schedule memorized 
And I'm like, when it just got narrowed down to like, okay, the Hall of Heroes, that was the Hall H stuff. Mm-hmm. That was the big event. You're right, which at the end of the day, I saw a number of people going, okay, thank God they split this into two days because yeah. there's no way we could have handled all this in two days. No, it would have been way too much. So I do applaud them for doing that. And as we said, it's going to be in September 12th. Yep. is going to be the next date, 16 days from now, because they do have a counter on if you go to DCFandom.com. So there was a lot to digest from this, but i got to say they hit a home run out of the park. Absolutely. I, I know a lot of fans were a little skeptical because of the timing of all the layoffs that had happened. Sure. So DC needed a win to you know tie the fan base over and kind of give the direction of where we're going. Mm-hmm. They definitely delivered. This was Hall H in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be talking spoilers, but you've already seen them by now if you've been on social media. Yeah. But we need to deep dive on the ODPH, so pad. Let us recap DC Fandom, kicking off with the Wonder Woman 84 panel. Yeah, and I will say we got to pat ourselves on the back a little bit. Uh, When we were reading the preview for the panel uh, last week, they were teasing a special guest appearance. We did call it. Yeah, we did call Linda Carter was going to be in the appearance. Yeah, and it was definitely a a fun panel. The cast was in there, very energetic. They were Mm -hmm. very excited. We did see some new footage. Yep. We did see the cheetah. Oh, yeah. So what did you think about the new footage? Uh, I like new footage. I'm more sold on Kristen Wiig. I was a little skeptical before just because when you think Kristen Wiig, it's kind of like that Will Ferrell vibe to it where – you see somebody who's been in comedy and been doing comedy for so long. You know, you even see it with Melissa McCarthy, yeah. you know, where they've just been doing comedy stuff for so long and they're known for their the comedic humor and this and that. For them to jump into a serious role, a la like Will Ferrell and Stranger Than Fiction, where, you know, it's a serious role, but with some comedic elements. You know, anytime you see somebody who's been doing comedy for a while, jump into a serious role. For me, it's like, okay, you know, we'll see how this goes. This doesn't always work out the best, but I'm sold on her. Yeah, it definitely was. I was very impressed with the footage. It was a lot better than I expected. Yeah. So I was excited to see that we finally got to see Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. And we did see a little bit of the fight scenes. We Uh did get a little more information on the plot, per se. So I am very excited to see where we're going in the direction of the film. I also like the fact that we're, you know, we didn't get to see it with Cap in the Marvel verse, you know, where he kind of got acclimated to things and got confused by things. It was kind of like he showed up in the present day and then he was acclimated. Yeah. It looks like we're going to get this with uh, Chris Pine's character. Yeah. He's just like, oh, this is how this goes. Oh, he's flying the plane and he goes, oh, they'll never be able to find me. And and Diana's like, yeah, uh, there's radar. Yeah, it was a very cool touch that they're going to do. So I do like that aspect of the mm-hmm. film, that he's going to be the proverbial fish out of water yeah. as being the man out of time. Yep. But overall, the new footage looked great. It's still slated allegedly for October 5th, I want to say. I wouldn't hold to that because there was, a, there, was a, there was a poster that got put out over the weekend uh, during this whole thing, and there was no release date on it. Right, so I think the tentative date in October is, is going we'll to be see. subject to change. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be... Something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I did like the other thing I saw that came out of this panel was uh, Linda Carter's daughter was watching it. And she said her daughter said to her, Mom, I finally get it. I finally understand what the character means to you and means to so many people and why they look up to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a great panel. It's a great way to start the day. Yeah. Next up, though, was Warner Brothers Games Montreal. Uh-huh. And the big announcement we had all been waiting for. Yep. And we got it, and then some, because we had an idea it was going to be Batman-related. Oh, yeah, because they do nothing else. Right. And we did get the assumption that it was going to be Court of Owls. Yep. Well, that's been the rumor for the longest time. Right. And we did get the Gotham Knights announcement Uh in the first looks, which the storyline is going to go that Bruce Wayne is allegedly dead, Uh and the family is taking over, so... You have the choice of Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Barbara Gordon, and Damian Wayne. Yep. So no Tim Drake, which I thought was kind of interesting, but nevertheless. 
and they're going to be saving Gotham from a threat that we find out at the end of the trailer is the Court of Owls. Yep. And we should note that this game is separate from the Arkham games timeline. So, yes, Batman is dead in this, but it has nothing to do with the end of Batman Arkham Knight. Right. So this was a very cool setup. I loved everything I saw from it. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it looks great. It's going to be you can either play solo or two player online co-op. You can drop, you know, they can drop the person. People can drop in and out with you as they come and go. It looks really good. And I'm very interested this, you know, for the story. Just because, with the, you know, the Batman games are always great, and the story's always great. I mean, Christ, they put out the re-release of the original two games, you know, Arkham Asylum and then Arkham City. Arkham Asylum's, like, got to be almost 10 years old. It yeah. still holds up. Oh, it definitely does. The story, gameplay, the Riddler trophies are still a pain in the ass. Yeah. But it still holds up. So, like, the Batman games hold up, and, and the story's always great, and I'm very interested to see where they go with this. Yeah, very excited about it. Love the footage we saw. We did see Mr. Freeze in this as mm-hmm. well. So, I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. the Corrales is being set up as the big bads. Yep. So, not really sure about too much other details other than it is slated for 2021 yep. on all major uh, gaming systems, yep. PS. PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, PC. Yeah, so definitely keep that in mind for next year. Super excited about it. Want to yeah. hear some more details. Wondering, I'm assuming you can play online with your friends too. So yeah. um, I'm can't wait to get the whole Gotham Knights team together and go do some yeah. you know online gaming with that. Yeah. Next up, Pad, what you got? It, uh, the full cast reveal for Suicide Squad did get, didn't get too much. We got we got a trailer, quote unquote, but it was more of a behind the scenes type deal, and we got to find out who everyone is playing. Except Taika Waititi. That's true. We don't know who he is playing as of yet. So yep. there's a lot of guesses going on right now. But we did get confirmation uh-huh. from James Gunn. Who is it? Who is going to be who playing who? So, Pat, why don't you read them off? Yeah, so Idris Elba is playing Bloodsport. Surprised at that. Very surprised. Uh, Margot Robbie is, of course, reprising her role as Harley Quinn. No no brainer right there. Did like the new costume, though. Yes. Really liked yes. that a lot better than the original one. John Cena is portraying Peacemaker, or in his words, a douchier version of Captain America. Which is Peacemaker, if you've ever read the comics. So I can't wait to see this. Uh, Viola Davis is reprising her role as Amanda Waller because she is Amanda Waller. Perfect casting. Yes. Uh, Jai Courtney is reprising his role as Captain Boomerang. Right on. Joel Kinnaman is playing Rick Flagg. Very cool. Uh, David Dutch... Dutch Malshian, uh, I know I got that wrong, uh, is playing Polka Dot Man. Yeah, that's going to be a weird one to see, but I'm excited to see what Dave's going to do. That was that. the general reaction. It was like when they were doing announcements and like they're going through, and everyone's reaction at the same time was like, Polka Dot Man? Question mark, exclamation point. Well, the one thing you got to remember with the Suicide Squad is it's a team of criminals that is working for the government to get their sentences reduced on proverbial suicide missions. <laughs> per se. Yeah, which I... Can, it, you, can you really reduce a sentence if it's like multiple lifetimes? Well, you never know what uh, <laughs> goes on behind the scenes at Task Force X. True. So, in, but that's what they're doing right now. So they're thrown into these missions, and if they get killed, well, they're expendable anyway. That's true. It's always been the unique theory behind the Suicide Squad. To, so to see what they're going to do, you're going to have a lot of quote-unquote expendable characters involved. Oh, yeah. Like, so, like I just watched the one, uh, what was it, Batman Assault on Arkham, the animated series on, or animated movie on HBO Max, and she's getting the, uh, Amanda Waller's getting the task force together, and I forget who the guy is, but the guy gets him, she's like, oh, she gives him the spiel. We're doing this, you get your sentence reduced, and if you do anything wrong, we're going to blow your head off. Yeah. And he goes, whoever the guy goes, he goes, yeah, you wouldn't do that, get us all together in a room just for this. Yeah, right. He goes, she goes, go ahead, walk out and try. 
and he walks out and he gets right through the doorway and she blows his head off. Oh yeah, there's no joking about this. If you've ever read the book, like the John Ostrander run is mm-hmm. uh, phenomenal. Yeah, like I, that's your quintessential one. Tom Taylor has been doing a great job on the book right now. Right, I know that that's getting canceled for now. Mm. Um, obviously, when the movie comes out, you can expect yeah. Suicide Squad will be back. Oh yeah, but just what you're gonna have with that is just typical villains being villains yeah. and, and it's not the it's not the happy-go-lucky book that people no. think it's good so no uh moving on with the casting you have daniela melchior playing ratch rat catcher 2 okay uh steve aggie is doing a mocap uh version of king shark uh yeah uh sean gunn is doing a motion capture version of weasel although in his words he stopped shaving for this role so we'll see yeah that's gonna be interesting to see when we'll it's all said it should be real good uh, Flula Borg is playing Javelin. Flula, I remember him from At Midnight. He's funny. He's hysterical. Uh, Nathan Fillion is playing TDK. Yeah, which, I mean, you got to figure James Gunn film, Nathan Fillion was going to be connected somehow. Yeah. Uh, Peter Capaldi is playing The Thinker. You know what? To be honest with you, I was surprised at this announcement that they're bringing The Thinker on because uh. The Thinker was just on Flash. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So I was surprised, but to see the 13th Doctor, I believe, uh-huh. uh, make his appearance. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, also, Pete Davidson. Yes, that Pete Davidson is playing Blackguard. Very cool. Uh, Alice Braga is playing Soul Soria. Okay. Uh, Meowling Ning is playing Mongal. Yes. Uh, Michael Rooker is playing Savant. Okay. Storm Reed as Tyla is who is Bloodsport's daughter. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Holland as Amelia Haircourt, and then Juan Diego Boto is playing Luna. Yeah, so very interesting cast. Um, really, a lot of characters to work with, so you know a lot of people are not making it through this film. Yeah. And I want to say when James Gunn was describing it, he was describing it as a quote-unquote 1970s war film. Oh, boy. That was kind of the the vibe he said with it. They did show some like behind-the-scenes footage a little bit, so you didn't get any trailer. No. You didn't get anything like that. But seeing who everybody is going to be, it was very exciting to see. Mm-hmm. I am definitely really amped up to see the vision he's bringing with this because – to do the Suicide Squad right, they're not heroes. Like no, you, you have to no. really establish that. I mean, like I remember in one of uh, Ostrander's books, uh, Captain Boomerang is uh, made fun of in a meeting by somebody. Right. And they go out in the field and there's gunfire and he shoves the guy that made fun of him into the line of fire. Right. And that's one of the things that kind of always irked me with the David Ayer's Suicide Squad was that like, okay, it was it was enjoyable for what it was and I, and I liked watching it. But they're villains. They have multiple life sentences being served in prison Mm -hmm. you know what's the worst thing they did in that film they robbed a jewelry store yeah like i i'm not saying i'm not saying like i want to see him commit mass murder every time they walk around but like shove a person you know across the way break a kneecap on somebody who's you know walking slow and in your way like do something that like hey I'm doing this job, but I'm still, you know, you know what hole. Yeah, no, and they do have a lot of the mainstays from Suicide Squad. I know Will Smith is not reprising Deadshot. Right. Scheduling conflict, that's the only reason. I would imagine that if this does a sequel, which I fully imagine it's going to, I imagine that Will Smith will be rejoining the cast. um, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah, because you do have Captain Boomerang, you do have Rick Flagg, Amanda Waller, and King Shark who are mainstays. Mm -hmm. Harley Quinn became a member as of the most recent runs. Oh, which I think fits her, and I do yeah, like yeah. I, I do like that she's like a franchise member of the oh, team. Oh yeah, now. well, and that's kind of the thing they've been doing in the comics, you know, as of late. It was kind of you know for years she was known with Joker and being Joker's psychic, but now in the comics they're they're kind of trying to they're establishing her as kind of her own force of nature. Yeah, and it's good to see see them do that 
in the films because I know it very they very easily could have just tagged her along with Joker and left let that be that because there's nothing wrong with that. At the end of the day, that's how she came in. That's how a lot of people see her. And that's how, you know, especially fan art and cosplay images and what have you. It's, it's Carly Quinn with Joker. Yeah. But it's good to see them not. Le- it, I don't want to say it's a crutch, but not lean on that kind of like tired trope. a little. Well, bit. she's broken away from the character of being Joker's sidekick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that they tie it in a little bit now, especially with Punchline being in the comics. Right. That that's like a big thing to, okay, that now Harley has a has an adversary, you know, like a major villain. Like, right. Which I think she's always needed, mm-hmm. but to see how that she's now her own independent character, I think is really yeah. good, and it's really shown how much she's grown, because yeah. she's arguably up there with Wonder Woman as one of the biggest female characters in all of comics. Yeah, oh, easily. You know, Captain Marvel, too, from Marvel's side, but yeah, for yeah. DC, it's it's literally, you know, yeah. almost like a 1A, 1B thing right oh, now. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Very excited, though, from the footage we've seen. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, no major release dates as of yet. No, and the, and the surprising, what was, I forget the exact line, but the surprising thing at the end of that behind-the-scenes footage was Gunn saying, you know, this is the best cast he's ever worked on a movie ever. Yeah, I thought that was really something when he was talking about that because it's like, you have a great cast with Guardians who, I mean, right. with it, everything that went down, right. went and this back could, And this you. could just be him, you know, blowing sunshine up DC's butt because it's DC filming and it's going to be on a DC thing. True. But... To, for him to even say that is very surprising. Yeah, because like I said, especially how the Guardians cast yeah. with the bat for him yeah. and got him his job back at yeah. Marvel. So, you know, very interesting to see. Definitely excited for the movie. Mm-hmm. Next up. Uh, Milestone comics are coming back. Amazing. Love this. Yeah. Milestone was a brand under the DC uh, banner um, in the 90s uh, doing uh, diversity heroes, pretty much all African-American heroes. Sure. Uh, really great characters, icon, hardware, static shock all come from that universe. Yeah. Um, so to see the the classic characters come back, I didn't hear anything about Blood Syndicate. No. I know that was their team book way back when, but to see that all these books are coming back and the heroes are, there's a lot of great stories that can be told. I'm super excited to see what we're going to get with this. Mm-hmm. And I know that there was also the announcement that a Static Shock movie yeah. is definitely getting a lot of buzz behind it. Right. So there, there is a new Static Shock comic and a potential movie coming, which yeah. I'm all for. Yeah, because I believe Regil Hundland's behind it. Yeah. So. No, yeah. I love the Static Shock comic or comic the cartoon when it was on WB, you mm-hmm. know, back in the day. So, you know, would love to see them do a movie of that in some fashion, whether it be animated or like a kind of like a uh, Disney Plus Falcon Winter Soldier type thing where it's like a movie but it goes straight to HBO Max however you end up even if it's big screen I would like to see that I would love to see it no, yeah. like I said they, there's some great characters and to see them come back I think is great and obviously we gotta wait I think to February 2021 yeah so uh, an all new digital comic is coming out uh, in February 2021 followed by an original graphic novel however in the meantime in between time uh they will be releasing classic issues in digital format starting in September of this year. I'm wondering if they're going to get put on DC Universe. I went looking and I did not Ooh. see them up there. I only Could saw be. like one issue. Could be. Um, so definitely want to read that. Could be. But that was a surprise DC Comics panel. Yeah. Lived up to it. Loved yeah. it. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Next up. Uh, they had a panel for a certain film. A few people are interested in or excited for. Uh, that being the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. All right, so this one, very excited to see. We did get to see Darkseid, so I was amped up. I'm glad that's not the final look of Darkseid because, holy shit, that looked like it was coming off of a PS3. Yeah, it's it's something they're still obviously working, but the fact that we actually did see Darkseid in the movie, I definitely was finally happy to, mm-hmm. okay, like we're going to go somewhere with this. And to see that, okay, this is going to be Zack Snyder's vision, this is what everybody, love it or hate it, you're now getting the final version it's going to be broken down into four 
hour-long blocks. Yep. So originally, and then I imagine they're going to put them all together. Yeah, that was one thing they did say that uh, Zack Snyder did say during the panel that it is coming out in twenty, uh, coming out hopefully in twenty twenty one for one hour long chunks. But there will be ways at some point where you can watch it all in one setting. Yeah. If you have the stomach to. Well, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Just that four hours is a long time to sit down for a movie. It's a long time for the movie, and especially there is going to be so many opinions about this movie. Mm-hmm. And like I say, from the footage that we saw, I am definitely more intrigued by it. Yeah. That, okay, that no matter what happens from here on out, if this movie is not well-received, it's all on Snyder. This is his vision. This is what everybody's been amped up and waiting to see. Yeah, so we should know uh, that Snyder did say that the project report. Uh, so the project does reportedly cost upwards of $30 million to produce, and Zack Snyder did confirm there will be no reshoots with the original cast. They're only using previously shot footage. So... You know, and the other one I, I kind of laughed at the other day was, you know, WB told Zach that there had to be a hard two-hour time limit on Justice League, and he, could, and he didn't think they were serious. Did you actually think a studio was going to let you put out a four-hour fucking movie? Like, what? Well, you know, the thing about it is when filmmakers have a vision, they don't want to hear somebody say it's not their vision. And to get restrictions on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I, which I understand is, you know, when you're an artist and content oh, yeah. creator, you don't want to hear like, okay, I have a limit that I can only do X, Y, and Z. You want to oh, do yeah. A, B, and C. So I understood that point. Sure. But, but then again, you also have to realize that you're lucky that the studio is also wanting you to do this version. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we could have gone on forever and said, okay, this is never going to happen. Sure. And you just have to live with the consequences sure. of it that the movie we got is what we got. Sure. So the fact that we're getting something, I think you have to be excited about. Oh yeah. And like I say, at the end of the day, this is going to be Snyder's vision. So yeah, yeah, this is Snyder's vision. So like for me, I know I've said it like justice league was okay. Yeah. It wasn't the best thing in the world. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, you know, but at the same token, I get why people didn't like it. I get why people liked it. When the, for the people who didn't like the theatrical cut of justice league, when this comes out and it will, if this sucks, you cannot fucking bitch. Exactly, no. You got what you wanted. You got your precious Zack Snyder cut. And if it's not what you wanted, pardon my French, but shut the fuck up and sit down. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And that's the big thing about this. Because I know there was a lot of you know, feedback. And we've already talked about this. Mm-hmm. That with the Snyder cut, okay, this is going to be the true vision. And you're right. If this movie is not good, we're going to let you know. Oh, yeah. And... After this, there is no going back. There's no double secret probation, Snyder. No, cut. this is the real deal. Well, say this isn't Blade Runner, the original, ver- the original Blade Runner film, where there's like five different versions. Yeah, they're not doing that. They're not going to do this. I mean, at best case scenario, and I do mean at best case scenario, Warner Brothers goes, "Okay, Zach, run with your universe." This is like the best possible I don't thing. See that happening? I don't know if it's going to happen. It, I don't think so. It would take a lot. Like I say, you. But I'm saying you have to do like astronomical subscriptions on HBO Max. You'd have to do something that would really like. You know, we always talk about moving the needle. Mm-hmm. You'd have to have the needle broken off the meter. Like you see, have- I don't know. See, I don't know how you judge it though, but just because the box office for every subsequent DC film, obviously there are some exceptions, but the big ones. You know, Man of Steel debuted really well. Yeah. Uh, Batman Superman didn't do as well. You know, it just kind of went down and down and down. Obviously, there are exceptions, you know, with Aquaman and Wonder Woman, what have you, but they just didn't do well. Right. And that's why I say it's going to be like the ultimate best case scenario. It's going to be hard to tell, you know, what's good because 
you know, yeah, a bunch of subscriptions look good, but how do you translate that to box office numbers? Well, that's going to be the true telling sign because we don't know if they're going to do a pricing thing a la Disney Plus and Mulan mm. to do the Snyder Cut, which I'm not saying they're not going to. But I'll I'm say not that's going to that's be the interesting thing because you know there are going to be people who, if, if HBO Max does a one-week free subscription, who just wait till it's all out and then binge the whole thing in like one weekend or in one week and then just cancel. I wonder if they'll actually put a stipulation on it. Like you got to get a three month subscription or something. Mm, they, they'd have to do something because there's going to be a boatload of people that they don't care about anything else on the service. They just want to see that. So if HBO, I don't, and I don't know if they do, if HBO max does a, w- a week free subscription, like you have a free week and then you get kicked in for getting charged. There's gonna be a boatload of people that just wait until it's all out, get their free week, Binge the whole thing and then cancel. Yeah. So it's going to be something to watch as we move forward. But for what I saw, super excited about it. Love seeing Dark Side. And it, no sign of the Green Lanterns, which no. which I know there was something filmed. Not saying Hal Jordan, Ryan Reynolds, or anything like that. But we might see more of a Green Lantern appearance. Mm-hmm. So have to wait and see. But I'm, I, I'm excited to see what the hype is going to be. Yeah. And trust me, we'll be reviewing it when it's all said and done here on the ODPH. Next up, though, had to be one of the movies I had circled that mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay, we're finally hearing something. Mm-hmm. Pat? That would be uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson was there for a panel uh, teasing Black Adam. Yes, the anti-hero of the DC Comics universe, most notably known as Shazam's mm-hmm. major villain. Mm-hmm. Very, very cult-like following. Yeah. Um, who has gotten a lot more uh, hype behind him over the past couple of years. And obviously when... Dwayne Johnson wants to play him. Yeah. This has been a project that has been going on for 10 years now, Yeah, as they announced. Uh, and there was the teaser at the end of Shazam for the Blu-ray edition that you did see Black Adam get mentioned. Yep. So we finally got a little more information. I am excited about what we're seeing because long rumored but officially confirmed the Justice Society of America is going to be in it. Uh-huh. Now, this is not, and I want to put not with a big exclamation point, the same JSA from D- D- or DC Universe's CW's Stargirl. Right. No way right. that, that is going to be. So they did show that we do have a couple new uh, members mentioned. Yeah, so uh, the members of the Justice Society of America uh, will include Adam Smasher, who is being played by Noah Centino, uh, and then uh, the newly announced Hawkman, Dr. Fate, and Cyclone. Uh, no casting announcements made for those characters. And we did find a little bit of interesting news uh, over the weekend after DC Fandom was all said and done with. Uh, one person did tweet to Dwayne Johnson with a uh, gif of Hawkgirl and Superman on there and said to Dwayne, where is Hawkgirl, though? Dwayne replied. Oh, that's cool. Quote, Hawkgirl was 100 emoji uh, in our original JSA team. Sadly, it's a complicated story I'll share with the fans down the road. But it opened the door for another awesome opportunity for another actress to come in and crush the role of Cyclone. I believe it all works out how it was meant to. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. That, um, or let me say, I think that that it was interesting that he said that they already had original story planned out without her. Sure. And to bring in Cyclone. Well, um, it, it sounds like they originally had a plan for her to be in there, and then just powers that. I, I imagine it's kind of like with we were talking. Uh, what was it last week with Modoc and Agents of, Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. where they were originally like when they were first starting to write season seven, they were writing plans for Modoc because they had permission to use Modoc, and then things changed. Yeah, I imagine it might have been a similar ish instance where they were writing stuff for Hot with Hot Girl in the film, and they sent a couple drafts to DC, 
and they go, okay, that's great and all, but we have some other plans we want to do with Hot Girl. You need to change that character. Yeah, which which is okay, fine. It's okay, but it's kind of puzzling because I'm not familiar with the character of Cyclone. Sure, I thought Hot Girl would have made a lot more sense for many different reasons, but the fact they're starting off with this JSA team. We don't have any Alan Scott, Green Lantern. We don't have any Jerry Garrick, Flash. Nope. So wherever we're going to go with this, I mean, obviously, there's going to be an origin story for Black Adam. Uh-huh. And I do love at the end of this panel, though, he did announce a call-out to every single other movie franchise yeah. DC had. Yeah. And I think that they're planting the seeds for a possible future crossover with one of the other franchises. Well, he didn't rule out the possibility of fighting a certain Mr. Henry Cavill in the film. And I think that that would make a lot of sense. A lot of people are expecting it. And, of course, the characters have faced off in the comics and across animated films and what have you. They're both very powerful. Uh, But, you know, he didn't exactly rule it out. Well, I think that if Henry Cavill does appear in Black Adam, I mean, that would be huge. That would be one of the biggest Easter eggs going. Because we do know that he has officially worked in least talks uh-huh. about returning to the DCEU or whatever you wanted to call it. Yep. And he's going to be in some movies. They did not announce Man of Steel 2 yet nope. or a Justice League 2 or anything like that. So he's going to be cameoing a lot. Yeah. Which I got to say, side note, uh, Henry Cavill just recently entered some rarefied air. Uh, he is in some major franchises, if you didn't realize. He's in The Witcher on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Superman in the DC properties. He was in Mis- the Mission Impossible film. Uh, he also was revealed to be in the new Netflix uh, Sh- Holmes movie show thing. Okay. So he's in Sherlock Holmes, DC, The Witcher, and then also Mission Impossible. How would you love it if he played Black Bolt in, in the MCU if they recast in humans? It'd I be think a better version than what we got. Yeah, that's what I'd, I be all, I'd be all for it. Yeah, him as Black Bolt? I'll take that. I'd be all for it. I mean, can you? I can't. I saw that though, and I was like, I can't think of anybody who's even come close to that. Yeah. Being in a major franchise is crazy. Yeah, no, he's definitely made his way around. He's just got in the Mandalorian at some point, too. Oh, yes, please. Yes, yes just please. do it. But. Overall, though, love the energy The Rock yes. brought to this. And like I said, I thought it was very interesting, though, when, when uh, he announced about Hawkgirl. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I, but maybe they just don't want to get into the whole Hawkman, Hawkgirl yeah. lineage. Yeah. And, and maybe they're saving that for another movie franchise. Could be. I don't know. I mean, Hawk Hawkman is just a polarizing character when it, it comes it's to It's a comics. polarizing character, but it's a one that not a lot of people, I feel, know. Just because, in, in my instance, you know, granted, I didn't read a lot of DC Comics when mm-hmm. I was a kid. My first introduction to him was on the reruns of Super Friends. Yeah. Which he was okay. He was never featured all that prominently. He was there, and he was in the background. But then my next instance was with Hawkgirl on Justice League the animated series and Hawkman to my recollection never showed up on that series if I'm wrong hashtag ODPH but you know he's never been featured that prominently outside of what was it Legends of Tomorrow season one yeah you know which so a lot of people unless you're a hardcore DC comics fan or you've been following the DC lineage for a lot of years you don't really know who he is so I think it makes sense to leave Hawkgirl out of this film and kind of just set up the team get everybody introduced Get every, get the fans familiar with who's who and what they can do with a good story, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then down the road, introduce the love interest. Yeah, and I think for Hawkman too, like if you go through his com- his comics history is messy too. Yeah, it's very all it's all over the place. If you want to talk Hawk World, mm. and you want like you can go a lot of different directions with it. Uh, but I know like he always has problems with sustaining a run on a singles book. Like I think mm-hmm. to me, like I always visualize him as the JSA's Thor. 
Okay. Like that's that's how I always just visualize him. Very as. accurate. Yeah. So to see how he's he's going to be mentioned here, Doctor Fate. Yeah. Which I was so glad, and uh, like, don't ask me why. I thought they were going to do the '90s version. <laughs> I've been having like nightmares. They're going to be doing that. You just seen like Doctor Fate has always been one of those interesting characters. Even the way they portrayed him on the animated series, uh, Justice League. Yeah. You know, very interesting to see. I mean, I know you can kind of compare him to his DC's uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange yeah. But uh, to me, it was always at least a little more weirder. Oh, yeah. You know, so I'm very interested to see how they go with this. Yeah, when you say let's get weird, that's usually Doctor Fate. Yeah. And especially, like I said, the 90s version, because I remember what, uh, they had on Stargirl about before it was realized it was Shining Knight mm-hmm. that I thought, like, for some reason, I thought that was going to be, like, Dr. Fate when he had, the yeah. sword, he had the sword in the 90s. It, 90s comics, folks, if you're just tuning in, is a very weird time period. Yeah. A lot of weird yeah. stuff happens. Superman, Red Superman, Blue. Yeah. Dark, zero Hour, uh, Clone I, Saga. I we, was a big fan of Superman, Red Superman, Blue as a kid. I thought it was real cool. I thought it was real different. Looking back on it, what the actual hell was that? Yeah, Clone Saga. Enough said. Yeah. No, I don't, yeah, I don't want to get down on this. I But like I said, for overall, the, it got me excited as a yeah. fan to see. Uh, and Dwayne Johnson gave an origin, a very quick backstory of uh, Black Adam. Yeah. So you understand his take, and he's basically saying truth, justice, and the Black Adam way. I, I kind of want to see his bookshelf in his home and just how many Black Adam comics you got on there. Because he's definitely a fan. Oh, he's definitely been reading. And oh, I, yeah. And I think over the past couple of years, too, I mean, that's where you've really seen Black Adam really separate from the yeah. Shazam yeah. You know, franchise yeah. into his own character. Yeah. Not that you worry he wasn't, but you've really seen that growth. And definitely, uh, he's got Dwayne's been doing his research. Mm-hmm. So the take he's going to do for this, I think, is going to be really interesting. Yep. I wouldn't doubt we see a bigger push at DC Comics with uh, Black yeah. Adam. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's going to join a team or something like that, but I would say in 2021 we're going to see more about this. I'll 2022 say, at the latest. DC and Marvel both operate in that same principle that, like, if a movie is getting ready to come out within the next couple months, you will do- you will see a push in more comics from that character or that group. Yeah. So definitely something to stay tuned for. And they, they closed it very well. I mean, a lot of excitement for this panel. Yeah. Uh, Black Adam is slated to drop in December of 2021. They haven't started filming yet, if I remember correctly. Right. But to be determined. Like yeah. like anything right now, they're given just a, a tentative date, mm-hmm. you know, subject of the change. Yep. Next up. Uh, was the second of the two video games. This one, of course, we teased uh, either last week or the week before. Uh, this is the new game from Rocksteady Studios. Of course, those are the folks who made the Batman Arkham games. So except for... Uh, Origins. Yeah. So they made Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, and Arkham Knight. Uh, they pulled off, showed off a trailer for their new game, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. And they gave some details. So in this game, you will play one of four characters, Har- being Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, Deadshot, or Deadshot, I almost said Deadshot, yeah. uh, or King Shark. Uh, and they are tasked with taking down a mind-controlled Justice League. So you can play by yourself or up to fl- four players cooperatively. Uh, you know, if you're playing single player, it will be with AI controlled teammates. So hopefully they don't suck. Yeah. Uh, you will be able to switch between characters, uh, different characters at will. Uh, we should note that this is, this is a continuation from the Batman Arkham uh, universe. So, and I guess from what I was reading, you will see some maybe plot threads or other things you saw from the previous Batman games maybe get closed off in this game. Okay. So it should be interesting. Uh, taking place, if I remember correctly, in Metropolis. Yes. So with this um, being said about it, you can switch between different characters at will. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be like how uh, early Marvel Ultimate Alliance and the X-Men game was? That maybe. Maybe. Right. I mean, the other the way, other way I'm hoping it could be is if anyone's ever played the Ghost Recon 
uh, Wildlands games, where oh. it's like, like you control one player. In that game, you control one player, but then you can control command your squad mates to take out this person. Yeah. But obviously, I'm hoping maybe it's something like that, where like you're going running up and you go, okay, you get that guy, you get that guy, I'll take this guy, but then be able to switch. Or maybe even like a Final Fantasy 15 type setup, where you can fight as all the different characters. Yeah, and one thing, too, about this is the team is based off the David Ayers mm-hmm. uh, movie. Yep. So They look a little like them, like especially Deadshot. Deadshot is definitely yeah. um, Harley Quinn. Quinn's costume is yeah, it's a Harley Quinn's costume from the film, but it's not obviously don't, don't, for obvious reasons doesn't look like Margot Robbie, and Deadshot doesn't quite look like Will Smith. Yeah, but it, you can tell the similarities. Yes, and one of the coolest uh, footnotes, which I have to give credit to Diesel from Three FN, uh-huh. King Shark is voiced by the one and only WWE superstar Samoa Joe. Really? Yes. See, I saw some people when that trailer was shown thinking it was Batista. No, no, it got leaked out with Samoa Ooh, Joe. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Bring, so, yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. The game is slated for a release in 2022 for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and PC. Now, there was one other big event that happened at DC Fandom, but we're going to get a quick break in. But before we go to break, Pad, so far, mm-hmm. overall reaction to DC Fandom? A lot of good stuff. You know, I figured that there would be some lulls. Uh, during the day where there would be stuff I really don't care about, but it just it, the hits kept on coming. Uh, you know, one thing I think we should mention, while there was a panel for it, uh, nothing was said for Aquaman 2. Yeah. Uh, they were just kind of reminiscing on Aquaman 1 and talking about that, so the prevailing theory is not much is ready to be said about the film. But in terms of everything going on, I really enjoyed everything they had to show. Yeah, they had so much that covered the basis for pretty much all the fandoms. I mean, they had the great comic news with Milestone getting announced. A lot of movie news. Mm-hmm. TV-wise was very brief. They did show a teaser trailer for the next season of Flash. Yep. They didn't really kind of deep dive into too much with that. Titans, there was a big announcement of who was joining the show. Yep. Uh, no care, or no uh, casting yet, but Barbara Gordon is going to be there. Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow. Yep. And Jason Todd will be back as the Red Hood. Whoa, boy. So that should be very interesting for Titans uh, as they're now going to be exclusively on HBO Max. So as we've talked about, the DC Universe is going to be metamorphosing into something else or transitioning, however you want to define it. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of change-ups going there. But there's a lot more other fun panels. Uh, Shazam was announced, too. The sequel was being uh, titled. But you didn't really hear a lot going on with that. Mm-hmm. So, they, so they did keep some you know cards close to the chest. Uh, they didn't go unveiling everything, which I imagine when we get to – uh, fandom in September. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear a lot more about those panels. We might even get some teaser footage. So yeah. overall, though, I mean, they delivered on a great Comic-Con virtually. Mm-hmm. And they did set a blueprint that I hope New York Comic-Con follows. I hope that the other cons that are, you know around the world are going to be following this, too, because DC nailed it out of the park. Yeah. I thought for where they needed a desperate win, they got it. The fan base was excited. There was so much buzz about this. And then... They closed out the night with arguably the biggest panel of the weekend, which we are going to get into when we come back from break. So hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPH, DC Fandom, love it, hate it, and what did you love best? Let's have that discussion. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Hey, I'm Lucas, the host of Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Join me and friends each week as I discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real life conversations that all can find relatable. 
New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wonder Soul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wonder Soul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wonder Soul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care. This is Rich, the host of the Three Fat Nerds podcast and co-host of the Horror Zone 607 podcast. And you are listening to our hashtag 607 podcast brothers, the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. Now kick it back over to Ken Moneybags and the crew. Coming back for segment number two on this edition of the ODPH podcast. And like we said, DC Fandom had a lot of noise, a lot of great trailers, a lot uh-huh. of great panels. But none made more noise yeah. than the one they closed out the day with, and that is the Batman. Holy crap. Matt Reeves' long-awaited Batman revival of the franchise. We finally got some footage. Uh-huh. And you know what's even the most mind-blowing thing about this? It's only 25% of the film. Yeah, they've only filmed 25% of the film. It's like 25-30% of the film is, is done. So yeah. there's, there's more. This is freaking amazing. Lord have mercy. And like I said, Robert Pattinson is re, is taking over the cape and cowl. I know there was a lot of fanfare when he was announced, a lot of skepticism. And we've always said, though, remember when Heath Ledger was announced? It's true. I ate my words on that. I'll be the first one to tell you. So Pattinson, I've had no issue with. I've just been kind of wondering what timeline we're going to deal with. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be breaking down the trailer specifically. Yep. So we are going to be talking spoilers. So if you really are trying to avoid them, we're giving you fair warning right now because we're going to get into it in three, two, one. Pad, what did you think? Holy fucking shit. Like, I was, uh, we were watching, what was it, NXT while the fandom was going on, and I was, and I was keeping my eye on Twitter for things. And especially because I knew the, the the Batman panel was coming up, and a couple people I follow that were that are you know kind of in the know they 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 know some people mm-hmm. uh, were all tweeting, "Holy shit, you aren't ready for the Batman trailer to drop! It's gonna blow your mind!" Like they were just all singing its praise, and I'm like, "Is it like I know it's gonna be good?" Because from all intents and purposes, I'd heard that Matt Reeves is a huge Batman fan. Yeah, and and based off of watching some of the footage from that panel, I believe it. He is a huge Batman fan. So, like, is is it really going to live up to the hype? Or is this just kind of like you getting caught, you know, the people who had seen it already or heard about it getting caught up in the moment? And then the trailer dropped, and I about damn near dropped my phone. Yeah. Because it's that good. It's freaking incredible. Like, I like I know there was a lot of skepticism about, uh-huh. about this because, all right, Robert Pattinson, Twilight. Yeah. he's He's got a bit of a... I don't want to say reputation, but when you hear the name, a lot of people kind of jump to conclusions. Yeah, they jump to conclusions. And But with Matt Reeves and the one thing I've, I've been harping about, if you have seen his Planet of the Apes trilogy. It's true. Have faith in this project. The Planet of the Apes recent trilogy has been amazing. Yeah. And it was a lot better than I had ever envisioned. So to see him take over the Batman franchise, and we have to stress this is his own separate universe. Yep. You're not going to see any Henry Cavill. You're not going to see any Ezra Miller. You're not going to see anything like that. You're not going like to see Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Well, as far as we know. No, the, from what I was reading, this is separate even from that. Okay, because I know that that's a fan rumor going around. No, from what, I, from what I was reading, the way they were talking during the panel, that this movie is in its own universe, that it will not cross over with the 
uh, Justice League universe, I guess mm-hmm. we'll, I guess we'll call it, or, right. or the Joker universe, that it's its own separate thing. No, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. No, like I said, there's a fan rumor going around. I just didn't hear any official confirmation yet. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that makes complete sense, too. But well, if knowing they, DC's track record, especially with crossing over universes, it's possible down the line. Well, that's the thing, because when they analyze the timelines, where this is supposed to be, I think they're saying present day. Yeah, uh, for this because it, it wasn't going to be the '90s. I know there was a rumor that this was going to be set in the '90s. It's not. It's, it's allegedly around present day. Uh-huh. The Joker is in the '80s. Yep. So depending on how you want to explain point A to point B, it's not out of the realm of thought, but I'd give it like a ten percent chance. Uh-huh. So I'll, I'll throw that out there. But what we do get is a little more information that this is Batman in year two. Correct. The TV show that is coming to HBO Max, uh, we'll just call it Gotham Central just to give it a title right now. Sure. It's going to be about the Gotham Police Department. I hope it's Gotham Central, but, you know, yeah. we'll have to wait and see. That is set in year one. Correct. So there will be no Batman or very little Batman reference. I w- Well, no, I'd imagine that, like, you'll there will be references. Because if it's taking yeah. place in year one, that's kind of when he's coming to prominence and he's doing his whole thing. I imagine there will be references and there will be like news reports and, you know, oh, we, we really got to stop this masked bat, yeah. you know, who's really wrecking havoc, yada, yada, yada. You might not see him until maybe, depending on if it's a limited series. If it's a limited series, you'll see somebody in the costume. I can't imagine they'll get Pattinson to show up in the costume for one hey. for, for one shot. They'd have to play pay him his full amount, whatever that ends up being, his, his fee, to appear in a movie for like one scene. I can't imagine they'll do that. They'll probably get... Somebody of similar size and build, you know, to wear the suit for the if it's a limited series and if it's a full fledged series, it'll be the end of the series, I imagine. Well, you have to wait and see about it. Like I said, but you're not going to see him in every episode. Like no. you, you might hear some rumors. Like I said, but I don't think I think you're going to try avoid doing that for at the start. Sure. Like I think they're just going to get to this is a police drama, and then we go from there. So we'll have mm-hmm. to figure what where there is. But we do start off though, like I say, Batman Year Two. And it opens with Nirvana, something in the way, which uh-huh. I mean, great already, already set in tone. Yeah, great set, great setting for the tone. And you see a man using duct tape to murder a body. Not gonna lie, I kind of don't want to touch duct tape ever again after this trailer. Oh, it freaks you out. And you see, like I said, the man is his face is covered. He has a green tra- a coat on. Yep. And it, it's all widely assumed that this is Paul Dano playing the Riddler. Yep. And you see that he duct tapes uh, somebody's face completely around suffocating so him. So the person is well-dressed. So we're, we're going to say, given it's Gotham, he's a person of well-to-do. Yes. So we're going to say, we believe it's the mayor. Mm-hmm. As we're getting, current uh, speculation. Current speculation. And on his face is written in blood, no more lies. Yep. And you see that the Gotham PD is walking around. So we see Jeffrey Wright as uh, Detective Gordon. Cause Along he's not with the FBI. Yet. Holy, Along holy with cow. The, yeah. So this is a big time I'll this, investigation. This, I'll say this is a reaching a point where like, okay, the Gotham police just ain't enough. We're calling in the feds. Right. And as you're seeing the investigation going on, you do see Batman appears. So Robert Pattinson is in the costume that is most notably from the video game. Yeah. Arkham, or, you know, the Arkham series. Yeah, apparently from what they was said during the panel, uh, they worked on the they being Reeves and then the, the crew who worked on it, worked on the suit for like a year mm-hmm. or something like that. And Robert Pattinson had heavy input uh, into what the suit would look like. Yeah. So it's very cool to see. Uh, him just walking around. It's kind of like an old school play when um you know the Gotham PD knows yeah. about Batman. He's not yeah. creeping around in shadows. Only thing that kind of like I don't want to say it bugged me, but it kind of caught my eye. And maybe this is just the way it was filmed, and maybe it's just the lighting. The helmet kind of looked like one of those cheap plastic ones you just slap over your face. Well, which could just be the lighting. It could just be the shot. I'm not saying that's what it is, but just that's kind of how it looked to me. But the thing you got to remember too, though, is. 
this is Batman Year Two. Right. So this is not like the final product. Mm-hmm. You know, this is when he's like fully trying to establish himself. So I think this is, you're going to see as the movies are coming out. Mm-hmm. You'll see a more advanced suit each time. Sure. So I think for this, though, that's what they're really trying to establish. And like I said, I didn't really have an issue with it, but I do see your point, though, mm-hmm. because I know on a couple of the places I've checked to get information about, they've said that you can see uh, Pattinson's cyberns. Yeah. In it. That and that was one of the things that like kind of like I just re- when we were rewatching it in 1080p. I'm looking at this going, is that his hair on top? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it looked like one of those, you know, che- I, I had one as a kid, you know, cheap masks you get at, like, the dollar store or something. That, yeah. Not a criticism, just, I'm like, is that what that is? Right, but like you say, this also could be with a 25% film done. Yeah. Not the final version before CGI kicks in. That's very true. So that was something else to take in mind with this. But as we start seeing, you're seeing Batman arrive to the Batcave, which, I mean, that looked great. We did see the Batmobile, uh, which looks like a souped-up muscle car. Pretty much. Yeah, had no issue with that. Um so we do see a lot of the behind the scenes. We do see the first glimpse of Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, uh-huh. who looks like she's robbing a safe. Yep. And there's a very quick altercation with Batman. Um, so really don't see too much involving Catwoman, but you see the costume is very simplistic, very uh-huh. grounded. Very early in the in the career, and that's the one thing that I know uh, was said during the panel is that with all of these characters – they're not necessarily going to be the characters you're used to seeing in various mediums. Yes. It's not going to be, say, Catwoman, Riddler, you know, and and commit Jim Gordon from, like, the animated series or what have you that you're used to, or the games or uh, comics. They're very early in their careers. I know at one point that uh, during the panel that Matt Reeves said that uh, Oswald Cobblepot hates being called the Penguin. Yep. You know, so it, it's going to be – it's a very interesting dynamic about the film. That I'm that I love. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's so many different storylines going on, but the one that we kind of see from the beginning and throughout is there's a narration. And you assume it's done by Paul Dano, mm-hmm. and it's basically saying about the lies in Gotham. Yep, to kind of sum up because I mean, there is this very quick moment where there's a card that's left for Batman, and it says about you know what does what does he what does a liar do when they're dead? Mm-hmm. And it was a riddle that has been determined by the internet. Yeah, the internet took all of like 48 hours to figure the damn thing out. So yeah, in the trailer there is a greeting card with on the one side um it, it's it, it's your stereotypical greeting card. The the right side it says haven't a clue, let's play a game. Just me and you is what the card has says in print. Uh, underneath it is a bunch of like I'll just call them Kryptonian symbols because that's what they look like. Yeah. And then on the other side, uh, the left side that is blank, it reads, "What does a liar do when he's dead?" And it, like I said, it took the internet all of forty eight hours to figure this damn thing out. Uh, the answer is he lies still. Yes. Yeah, so this whole concept that we're deeming right now is there's a big conspiracy going on mm-hmm. that has roots in Gotham's elite. Yeah. And it's going very deep, touching a lot of different characters. Because at one point, too, in the trailer, they do make this emphasis to show a character by the name of Pete Savage, who's played by Alex Ferns, yep. who is allegedly the commissioner at the time. Okay. And they do have this moment where like, they're really focusing in on him. Like, I don't know if he catches like a voice in the background, because you don't really hear what's getting said. Right. But he's staring off in the distance like he's looking at somebody. Right. And, and just kind of the vibe I got off of the trailer was that, you, you know, there was the, the person at the beginning who had their face taped over No More Lies. And then if you look in the background, it's all these press clippings about, like, political people in, in Gotham. And it just says lies, 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 lies. So and the, what's the one thing we know about Gotham post the Wayne family, the Wayne parents dying pre- Batman's ascendancy. 
the city is rifled with corruption. Oh, yeah, from top like, to bottom. From, like, the mayor all the way down to, like, the janitor. Yeah. You know, everybody's corrupt. Everyone's got their hands in something that they really shouldn't be. So just kind of the vibe I'm getting off of this is, yeah, Riddler's killing people, and that's not good. He's doing it for possibly noble causes? Well, the Riddler is always a complex character from its essence. I mean, just to be the smartest guy in the room and just mm-hmm. to see how he thinks he can just... Well, usually the that. second smartest guy in the room. Well, yeah, as it turns out every time he faces Batman, which is always a weird dynamic. <laughs> it's a fun one, though. Oh, it is. Just to see the different variations of, of the Riddler throughout the year. So this one, though, is, is definitely more of a cold and cunning mm-hmm. style to him yes. so far that we that we're able to tell that we haven't yes. seen before, which is something Matt Reeves was talking about. Yes. And we're seeing that the corruption is something that he's almost... I don't want to say anti-hero because mm. I don't feel that that's right. But no. he, wherever his motivations are, he's going after the corrupt. Mm-hmm. And obviously he's saying that this, if the FBI is involved, yeah. the police commissioner is involved, there's a massive conspiracy. And for how he's addressing Batman, it's mm-hmm. like he knows something. Now, does he know Batman's identity? We don't know at this he point. He might have an idea. He might because, I mean, I know a couple times he's gotten close to figuring it out. Well, and especially like – I realize this is us as readers and we know everything, but like you would think at some point that like, okay, he's the richest planet in the city, if not on in, on the planet. Yeah. You know, you would think that, okay, here's this masked person who keeps showing up with all this really fancy, expensive looking tech. Who's the one guy that could possibly bankroll that? And Riddler being as smart as he is, you'd figure he'd come up with that. Well, you'd figure he'd cipher that out one way or another. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they've gone through many iterations in the comics about it. So each time, though, Batman comes up with an excuse either way. Like I think at one time he had Dick Grayson as Nightwing dress up as Batman. And, yeah. and he was at a press conference. He's like, well, how can I be him? It's the yeah. same person, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, there's always that kind of play on here. But for it, what they're driving with the movie is that the Riddler knows something and is trying to draw Batman and send him mm-hmm. a message specifically. Yep. And it's a very interesting dynamic that we see that they just kind of go back and forth throughout the film. So you don't really know how much you're going to see more of the Riddler because, like I said, it's 25% of the film done. Right. But we do see another villain introduced, and I didn't recognize him at first. So kudos to the makeup job. Okay. That is one Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Yeah. Did not recognize him. The makeup all top shelf. Oof. Did def- definitely didn't see him, and you definitely know that there's something going on with him and organized crime. There is obviously the chase scene that they they do show quickly, mm-hmm. and it's and you almost see like he's like when he makes a comment like, "Oh man, look how crazy he is." It's something that as the penguin, we're going to see more of that get involved. I think you're going to see more of the gangster yeah. penguin than you yeah. are going to see the super villain. Yeah, I get that feeling too. Yeah, which makes more sense. Like, I mean, I know in the comics, obviously. Years past, he's been a quote-unquote supervillain. He's always best when he's a gangster mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like an organized crime person. I was surprised, though, we didn't see at least a Falcone reference because Carmine mm. Falcone is going to be in this play by John Turturro. Yeah. Didn't see anything with him, at least to my knowledge. But if no, I'm wrong, I don't think up, so. Hit us up on that hashtag. So I think that you're going to see maybe kind of like a, a war between their groups. Could at, be. At some point. Could be. But as it goes on, though, further, like we said, we see a little more of the Riddler. We see... Probably the most talked about scene, though, of the trailer, mm-hmm. and there is a gang that is in face paint. Yeah. And it is Joker face paint. You, yep. You can't tell me otherwise. Yeah. And you see that they're basically testing Batman, and one of them makes a play at him, mm-hmm. and you see the most violent beatdown you've seen this side of Arkham Asylum. Yeah, I was going to say, he opens up a can on uh, that person. Yeah. And just beats him senseless and then hits him with the I'm Vengeance line. Yeah. Which is amazing yeah. to see. Because 
I think with where Reeves is going is he's making this as grounded as he can yeah. via Nolan. Yeah. But he's going in a different direction. Like, and, oh. and I and I know there are a lot of people going, "Oh, that Batman's killing. It's not right." I mean, we don't know that he could have he could have left him badly injured enough that they're now eating through a straw for the rest of their life. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing about Batman is yeah he doesn't kill. He'll just leave you very very injured. But he'll beat the snot out of you. Like there there's no easy ground to say it. He knows his limits because if you follow the comics, he's the most trained human being on the face of the earth in fighting styles. Yep. I mean, if you want to go Ra's al and Lady Shiva and, and you want to break down the lineage of that, you can go right ahead. So he knows how much he can throw in a punch and where he can hit you. So obviously he definitely did some damage to this Joker gang. We don't know anything more about the Joker if he's lurking around Gotham. I'm sure that we're going to hear more as the story goes on. And just how it just unfolds, I mean, from top to bottom, there, you see a lot of dark imagery. You see a lot of red. They definitely use the color scheme a lot. And mm-hmm. you just see the overtones of, you know, just the Riddler challenging Batman throughout, you know, the trailer. I mean, when it ends with you hear the voice of the Riddler going, how am I part or Batman going, how am I part of this? And mm-hmm. you'll see. Yeah. Just amazing way to end this. So yeah. you just have to investigate, like, okay, where could they be going? I know I was saying it's the long Halloween, and I still think they're borrowing elements of that. Probably. But I don't know if it's a full-on-blown long Halloween. I don't think so. I think it's going to definitely borrow elements from it and borrow pieces of it. But I think it might follow uh, in the Joker vein where it's like, okay, it borrowed the Joker from Todd Phillips with Joaquin Phoenix. Very heavily influenced by the Killing Joke. Yeah. you know, But it wasn't a full-blown retelling of the Killing Joke. I think this might be in the same vein where, like, okay, let's do a Batman story that hadn't been done before. Okay, Long Halloween. Let's borrow elements from it while telling our own story. Yeah, and I think it absolutely works in that vein, too. Because if Matt Reeves really wants to tell a definitive Batman story that we haven't seen before, a young Batman learning the ropes Mm -hmm. is the perfect way to do it. Oh, yeah. Because we've seen, you know, obviously when the Tim Burton version came out, yeah. Batman is well-established. Like, you I mean... Yeah, and I, well, and that's one thing that they said with the, that I know Matt Reeves said with this film is that, you know, this isn't going to be a movie where he goes through a fight and the costume comes out perfectly fine and dandy and it, you just never see any scratches on it. He's like, you'll see scratches, you'll see nicks, you'll see dings on it. They'll stay there. Mm-hmm. He's like, they're not just going to magically go away because, oh, hey, he's a billionaire and he fixed it in the off-screen time. Yeah, I definitely see it's very grounded. You can see, I mean, obviously at one point in the film, too, he's even with his mask off, and mm-hmm. you can see just how weathered he is. And he's wearing eye, he's wearing uh, well, eyeshadow makeup or something. Yeah. Which, which I know got a lot of people excited. Oh, well, you got to imagine that he's really diving into the character. And we all have to remember, too, he's not going to be the polished Batman that we no, see. No, God, no. And that's one thing you really have to take in, in mind when it comes from the costume, when it comes from the mannerisms. He's still going to be learning the way of mm-hmm. being the Bat. So it's going to be something to see when this gets going again. I know it's supposed to be scheduled to start filming again in October. I believe believe. so. But either way, this was the story of the weekend. I mean, even with fandom, with all the successes they had. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even really deep dive into the, the Flash trailer. Where it wasn't the flash even, panel. It which, wasn't a trailer. I would say it's a panel. It was a panel, but yeah. even th- even though that had the promotional art yeah. or concept art, which showed a Michael Keaton involved yeah. in that universe. Yeah, which we know is coming. It was announced that Michael Keaton is reprising his role as uh, his Batman in this film. Mm-hmm. And it was also announced that Ben Affleck is returning yep. as his Batman. Yep. Uh, as far as we know, it is just for this film. Uh, he read the script uh, now two weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, and agreed to it. 
before you know this was announced you know so nah, that's very going to be very interesting and, and you know what i hope they go try and go balls to the wall with this get every previous batman on there yeah they should get get clooney get bale get val kilmer get get that moment where it's every living batman and clooney might be harder to convince than the others let's be honest yeah you know but get every living batman actor on there in their costume, obviously, modify Clooney's. Mm-hmm. You know, get that on there because that will be a seminal moment in film history. That like that will go down in history as one of the top five or top three, depending on how you rank them, mm. moments in film history. That there was that moment on screen where all the living Batman were on screen. Yeah, I mean, we all thought that that was going to be the Batman moment of the weekend, but no, this panel took it. Yeah, and never looked back. I mean, this has been the most talked about mm-hmm. moment from DC fandom and there were so many yeah. to just put it in perspective like this was the last thing of the night and they closed the shop down I mean there was nothing left after this no. and still to this day people are arguing now about okay what do we think about the trailer and mm-hmm. for the most part I've heard everybody say just nothing but positive oh things. yeah no it looks amazing the only thing I've heard some some people are very skeptical because okay a trailer looks great but is it going to be the real film right I and mean, I know some people are still skeptical about Pattinson yeah and, and his voice too sure which I was like Listen, sure. so far, Reeves has delivered on everything. This has been a different tone for Batman than we have ever seen on Sure, film. sure. And I know it's early, and I trust me, I fully get that point. But for 25% of the film being done, we've gotten this. Yeah. So what's the other 75 going to be like? Oof, it's going to be bonkers. Who the hell knows? But I'm telling you what, I am locked in if all things are working at the time, October 1st, 2021, I'm going to be there opening night. Oh, I will too. You imagine if this opens at New York Comic Con next year. Oof. Yo. Like, we are going to have to go get tickets in the city. Yeah. That will be a no-brainer. Yeah. No, I know we, we skipped out on seeing Venom, uh, the first one when that came out uh, the week of New York Comic Con, just because the reviews were mixed and plus ticket prices in New York City. Yeah. You know, but no, this is one we will not be able to skip. Yeah, there's no way you can skip this. I mean, this is, I mean, Pat, final thoughts on this. Uh, amazing trailer. Can't believe that it's only just 25% of the film, and I can't wait to see what else they do. This has been the movie I've been waiting to see. Like, I will tell you this. When it was announced Matt Reeves was doing it, I fully trust the vision he's doing. Never really kind of questioned. I was like, okay, even with all the casting, it's like, sure, all right. Sure. Some of the people I would not think, like Colin Farrell, definitely wouldn't think as Penguin. Uh, Paul Dano, I thought was going to be a, a home run out of the park. But to see the vision so far and the murder mystery, and you're going to see the detective work get done. I mean, this is going to be the most grounded Batman we've seen since Christopher Nolan. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be in a different direction, too, mm-hmm. altogether. Mm-hmm. And w- and I know they're signed for three films. So, oh, interesting. Yeah, that's why I've heard that it is supposed to be a trilogy. So no matter what we're going to get out of this first one, the groundwork is getting laid for a Batman epic, and I cannot wait to see it in an October. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPH, the Batman. Thoughts? We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Greetings, henchmen and loyal subjects. I am Evan the Great. And I'm JVD. We're your host of the Fictional Battle Podcast, Crossover Collision, brought to you by the Villains Demand. If you love hearing in-depth breakdowns of your favorite characters and what they are capable of doing while fighting in random battlegrounds against other fan favorites, then this is the podcast for you. New episodes drop every Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or over on thebuildsman.com. Hey, this is Brian Wolf from Fair City Fire. You are listening to ODPH, the greatest podcast in Bington. Woo! 
coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. Pat, kick us off with those one shots. Got a couple things to talk about. Uh, taking place this weekend, if you are a huge video game fan like myself, uh, there is a gaming convention going on virtually because uh, C19 and doing virtual conferences is the cool new thing to do. Uh, this one is taking takes place in Cologne, Germany, and it is called Gamescom. Yeah. Now, got to admit. I've never heard of this convention. Uh, I've heard of E3 and I've heard of the Tokyo Game Show, which are kind of the big two. Uh, that t- you know, it's the New York and San Diego Comic-Con. You can pick which one's which uh, mm-hmm. based off your own preferences. Right. But this one I'd never heard of until it got floated across my radar. But holy cow, it seems like they got some awesome stuff going on this weekend. So it is a four-day-long event taking place between August 27th through the 30th. Uh, the game will, uh, the con- event will kick off with Jeff Keighley's opening night live, which will start promptly. Uh, the, all of this, I'm reading this off of an IGN article uh, at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, uh, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, and 6.30 p.m. Uh, BST on Thursday, August 27th. Uh, if you're tuning in from Australia, that's 3.30 a.m. Uh, your time, which, good Lord. Yeah. Uh, IGN is uh, has, I guess, partnered with Games.com to bring you this year's virtual event. Uh, they will be streaming on their homepage and across all of their platforms. So their website, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Apple app, Android app, PlayStation 4 app, Xbox app, Roku, uh, at their app for Android TV, their app for Amazon Fire TV, their Apple TV app, their IG1 on Samsung TV Plus. Pluto TV, Plex Live TV. So there is like literally no way. Yeah, you, you can't miss it. You cannot miss this. Holy, Holy damn Christ. <laughs> so they can't reveal anything too specific. I did know, I did read that. I guess there's supposed to be a new Ratchet and Clank trailer getting oh unveiled boy. this weekend, which I know I am excited for. Uh, looking at some things, there's some, a couple interesting things jumping out to me. Uh, looks like I'm guessing they might open up the gate firing because on uh, the first day, Thursday, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time. So figure out what time that is in your neck of the woods. Uh, you've got two unannounced game reveals, so that could be huge. I'm, I imagine they're going to come out the gate firing, uh, and then they're going to be showing off Project Cars 3. I know they're going to be showing uh, off the new, uh, what is it, the, um, oh, I got to say, Crash Bandicoot game. Yep. Showing off that. There's a developer gameplay update from the folks over who make the Sea of Thieves game. You know, apparently they still make Medal of Honor games, which I gotta admit I didn't know. I did not know that. No, uh, th- there's a new Medal of Honor game I guess coming called Above and Beyond. Uh, they're showing off a new gameplay trailer for that. You know, just a whole bunch of awesome stuff going on. You know, Ace Combat Seven Skies Unknown. Uh, their gameplay trailer video, so I guess they got more DLC coming for that. Okay, which should be pretty awesome. I know they just put out a thing which it's like Na- U.S. Navy and then U.S. Army. I think uh, camo skins for the planes to use, which. One of them was like an anniversary for the some Raptor jet thing, which I saw. I'm like, oh, okay, no, you know, didn't didn't jump in and check it out, but kind of cool, you know. But then there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. You, you go to ign.com and search Gamescom 2020 for the full list because there's honestly a lot going on. That it should be some interesting stuff coming out of this, you know. Uh, especially, I'm looking forward to uh, on the last day. Uh, they're showing off a new gameplay trailer for the next Borderlands 3 DLC, mm. uh, which is Psycho Creek and the Fantastic F- Fuster Cluck. That is the actual title. <laughs> that, that is the actual title. That is not me like making it safe for work. That is the actual title because, the, hey, that's their sense of humor. 
Uh, also, there will be something of note: uh, Doom Eternal, the Ancient Gods, the developer commentary. So that should be that should be interesting. But it looks like there's something for everybody with this. So definitely something to check out this weekend if you are into games. Yeah, this is definitely something that I was not familiar with. Like I said, uh, Pad ran by me, and uh, one of our loyal listeners, shout out to Mike Wan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he chimed in too, and he was even saying the the cyberpunk game that Cam yeah. Reeves tag Yeah, to, that might be getting some noise here. That yeah, I read something about that the other day that it, they're going to kind of. Follow a setup with The Witcher 3 where they're going to have expansions for it, but then they're going to have free DLC for it. Yeah. Which, which honestly, having played The Witcher, it's well worth it. So, which means you'll be able to play this game for 10 years and get like 500 hours out of it. Yeah. So, because I got, because I just finished all of the story stuff for Witcher 3 and I discovered an uh, hours tracker in the game and I got like over 130 hours clocked into it, which figure out how many days that is. Yeah. I, Bonkers. That's absolutely insane. But no, this this con looks very interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, for video games, this is something to check out. I mean, I know that September is going to be a big month for video games. The mm-hmm. Avengers uh, beta is out right now. Yep. And that has been on everybody's streaming channel from East Coast Avengers who just joined Twitch. Wonder Soul has been rocking that. Uh, I think Wednesday Poll has been doing that too as well. Yeah. Wednesday Poll list. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that are getting excited about video games. I know I am too. Yeah. Like I just placed my order for Avengers. There you go. Yeah. Which, is, like I said, it's not injustice. True. Which, uh, like I said, that's my game of games. There are rumors there might be a third one. Yes. There. Last I heard was Boss May. Logic might be helping along those rumors, but who knows? I, I know. I appreciate his work. No, I heard. I own uh, one of his artworks. I bought it at New York Comic Con. Bought it at New York Comic Con uh, as a gift from a friend. Yeah, uh, who gave me some cash. Uh, Makes awesome work. Highly recommend you check out his stuff if you haven't. His stuff is so good. Oh, and like I said, the last thing I heard about Injustice Three was May twenty twenty one. Okay, but obviously things are subject to change now. So yeah, who knows? The only thing we know is keep it locked to IGN this weekend for all the Gamescon info. Yeah, I know we'll be tweeting about that on OD Parlay Hour. So yeah, definitely join in the conversation. And if you know about some noise going down there, tag us in the the post because definitely I'm very excited to hear about all this going on with the video games. Yeah, Uh, a couple interesting things to know of for the Mandalorian season two. Oh, Uh, that's coming up soon. Yep. Firstly, uh, Kathleen Kennedy the head of uh, Lucasfilm did an interview over the weekend uh, talked about a couple things uh, I'll mention the fact that they got to take a step back from Star Wars and figure out what they want to do which okay I get that makes mm-hmm. se- makes sense uh, did note that they're still working on Kenobi and that's still going ahead full steam uh, did mention and I know a lot of people were wondering about this they fit with season two coming this fall and everyone wondering did you get it done in time is there going to be a delay because of the pandemic don't worry breathe easy they finished filming and got everything done oh five five days they finished filming five days before everything was shut down uh and with folks working at home uh the post-production process was able to be work continued and worked on from home so there will be no delay for season two it is still coming as planned for the end of uh, this the end of this year so i'm hearing october or something well keep it locked in here we will have that for you when we get it very very much so also uh giancarlo esposito who of course plays moff gideon uh in season one of the mandalorian did an interview with collider uh, he gave some a uh, little bit detail a few details about his expanded role in the uh, upcoming season uh specifically he spoke about his experiences on the set and he uh, said that he was responsible for doing all of his own stunts, including those that featured uh, the dark saber. Uh, he said, "Quote: I don't want to give you any spoilers, but I did all of my own, my all my stunt work on my own without a lot of rehearsal. Even though it's a fairly big budget technological piece with the volume and all of the things that are going on, sometimes that leaves less time to pay more attention to. And the stunt work, by the way, has all been with the, an Emmy nomination as well to do that." Close quote. 
he went on to say, quote, having a lightsaber, I have a couple of different ones because, the te- uh, because of the technology that's involved. Uh, they sometimes put the saber in and I have to, and I have to have a handle only, but in working with that handle, I have to remember that there's four and a half, five feet more of that saber. So it's the way you handle it. So I had to practice. And sometimes I have a full saber that's, that lights up close quote. I'm really excited for this because I know, uh, in episode three, Revenge of the Sith, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen did all of their own stunts. Yeah. All of those fight sequences are them. And they look phenomenal, and they look amazing. So the fact that you've got Giancarlo Esposito, not exactly a spring chicken. No, but definitely doing all of his, doing own, his stunts. own stunts. I mean, how dope is that? That's so good. That's amazing. So Cannot wait for season two. I need it, like, now. But I understand. Yeah, well, like I said, it's coming sooner than later. I mean, yep. So, yeah. I mean, only a couple more weeks away. God. Yeah. Uh, and uh, moving on to some other streaming news. Uh, for those, like myself, who are anxiously waiting for season two of The Witcher, which did just restart filming. Uh, a soft post from Henry Cavill on his Facebook page, uh, sitting in the makeup chair, uh, getting ready to portray, uh, portray reprise his role in The Witcher season two. Uh, we do have a little something to tide us over. Uh, Netflix released a behind the scenes special, uh, basically giving you a look into how they made the series and everything that went into it. You know, which of course starred Henry Cavill's Geralt of Rivia. You know, the, the titular Monster Hunter. Uh, it's only 32 minutes, so it's not terribly long. Uh, and it's got several cast and crew members divulging the secrets of the saga. So definitely something to check out, too, because it was very high budget, unlike anything I'd ever seen, even past Game of Thrones. Yeah. So I'm very interested to check this out and see how they made it. Because I love the books, I love the games, and I love the first season. I got to give the first season another shot. I I admit, I fell off. Sure. I could not get into the first episode, sure. and the second one was dragging it, for me. It jumps around a lot, but like I said, it's based off of the first book, which is a collection of short stories, so that's kind of what it does. Yeah, and that's one thing like I have to remember that, because for Game of Thrones, it mm-hmm. took me episode five. Sure. Like, I literally sure. had to sit there and just the, force myself to watch it. It jumps around a bit, but the payoff as you get towards the end, I would say, I want to say like the last three or four episodes, the payoff is amazing. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to have to put that on my rewatch, but yeah. there's so much stuff coming out right now. The yeah. Boys comes next week, so yep. everything's going to be on the back burner for that. Yeah, uh, we got an all uh, moving on to some video game news uh we got an update on one we talked about uh, a couple months ago i think yeah we, yeah okay. so the, uh, this is a we got a cinematic trailer for the lord of the rings Gollum. so uh this is a game that uh, is coming out in 2021 for the next gen consoles uh it was a cg trailer didn't get a whole lot of details it just kind of features some shots of Gollum in the in, in what looked like his cave if you're familiar with the fellowship of the ring films or the first hobbit film uh featured him walking through mordor and being a slight lord of the rings aficionado uh it looked like it's early in the return of sauron uh so like the ring is a thing he's coming back in power and the only reason i say that is if you look in the background of that last shot you see the mountain mountain doom exploding volcanic ash and lava and everything in the back, it looks like they're building something, or in this case, rebuilding something. Yeah. So just to kind of place it in the timeline of everything. Uh, but the de- developers did say uh, it will be the game will be broadly spent in two distinct states, either stealthily making your way past the various hulking threats living in Mordor and making narrative choices as the warring personalities of Smeagol and Gollum fight for control. God, that's going to be awesome. Uh, and then, the, so the, yeah, they said the game mixes stealth with vertical climbing parkour. Uh, this was from league game designer Martin Wilkes. Uh, if you want a reference, you might think of it as similar to Prince of Persia. In the, it, 
it is mostly a non-combat non-combat game no duh uh but Gollum will be able to stealthily take out enemies however this will not be easy and always come with big risks we want players to carefully weigh these count encounters after all Gollum's strengths lie in cunning not combat looks really good yeah you were showing me the trailer when we we're starting the segment here like this is like completely blowing my mind. Like I completely forgot about this. Yeah. Game, but, but damn, it looks it looks pretty good just for a little offset teaser. Yeah, no, it looks good. They also teased we might see some folks we're familiar with from Lord of the Rings. They, I would imagine. They so. didn't go into any details, but I will say the only one thing that kind of disappointed me was you heard a bit of Gollum in the trailer. It doesn't sound like Andy Circus. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it's just a case of this is the person we had available to us at the time we were making the trailer. Andy Circus is going to come in later and do the voices because Gollum Andy Circus is. Is Gollum. Yeah, he's Gollum. He's there's, Gollum. Yeah, there's no way around that. Yeah, so definitely excited for that. Also in some video game news, uh, it was revealed that there is a bunch of content leaving Destiny 2 uh, this November when their next DLC, Beyond Light, is released. So Beyond Light is their next DLC, which is coming out November 10th, 2021, one day after my birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it will change kind of the way you play the game. So in the game, you have... Uh, what's oh god what's it called uh i'm blanking on it but it's kind of like the social hub uh, you know where you go you get contracts and you exchange stuff you've got earth uh the moon uh you've got nessus which is one i think it's one of saturn's planets you've got io titan uh mars mercury and then the leviathan i'm seeing this planet too and i, I yeah. haven't played destiny in forever I, I, so christ i played it last night and i'm forgetting uh, because I hadn't played the last DLC until uh, last week. But uh, when November 10th comes out, Io, Titan, Mars, Mercury, and Leviathan will be leaving the game and will be entering, I guess, what's called Destiny Content Vault. Uh, they uh, Bungie took to its blog and explained how it will work. Uh, basically, they said it's to, it tries to simplify some of the confusion uh, by stating, uh, quote, when a destination goes into the Destiny Content Vault, so too do its player versus enemy activities and associated rewards. Uh, however, Bungie wanted to take a, a crystal clear approach uh, and detailed exactly what's going to be leaving on November 10th. So, but yeah, so yeah, uh, Io will be leaving Titan, Mars, Mercury. Well, those planets will be leaving the game. You will not be able to go to those planets. You That's crazy. You will not be able to get anything off of those planets. So, But in return, with the new DLC, of course, new DLC comes out, you get something new added onto it. Okay. Uh, this last DLC, they brought back the moon, which was in Destiny 1. I had a lot of fun on the moon. I love the moon. Uh, they brought it back for this one, changed it up a bit from one to the other, but it was cool to see, oh, this is where I went all the time in the first game. Uh, they are bringing back the Cosmodrome, which was a very Ooh. popular place uh, in Destiny 1. I know I spent, yeah, yeah, I remember you going there spent a, lot. a lot of hours on the Cosmodrome. They're also bringing in Europa, which is one of uh, the plan- the moons of Jupiter, which was teased seven years ago when they were first kind of teasing the game. They're finally bringing it in. So that's going to be super interesting to check out. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah, it's definitely cool to see. I mean, like I said, I haven't played Destiny forever, but yeah. I always like playing it, and, and yeah. man, that's a big shakeup they're doing with yeah, the no, DLC. Yeah, big shakeup, and, and I, like I said, I had I, I bought the last DLC, Shadowkeep, before it came out, and then just because everything came out at the same time, I never got around to it. Loving the hell out of it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. It, it's a lot of fun to pick back up. Yeah, I know. You talk about it a lot, so I yeah. mean, it's just one of those like video game resurgences for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I would have no problem playing Destiny. I just yeah. haven't played it forever. Yeah. But there's too much to talk about. Like, UFC is dominating my life right now, mm-hmm. and then, like I said, Avengers when it drops, and then Tony Hawk too, man. <laughs> yeah, like, that's coming out next month, too. Gonna need something to do in the wintertime. Yep. But 
there's going to be a lot more news coming out, too, for animated films. Okay. So kind of tie it back into what we were talking about with uh, fandom. Had so much stuff going on that we definitely have to mention about. They did do, drop the trailer for Superman Man of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that one definitely looked good, and they kind of gave us a slate yeah. of you know different movies that are going to be coming out in animation. So they're working on, like, there's, like, what, four coming out next year? Yeah. Uh, Batman Soul of the Dragon was one yep. that was mentioned. Man, and then, uh, Man of Tomorrow. Man of Tomorrow, and then Justice Society World War II. Yep, which so, I'm, in, I'm excited for that one. That should be interesting yeah like i was really surprised to hear about that but then the mic drop moment of the weekend like yeah you, like you couldn't have, like going into this weekend we just had to remember okay there was supposed to be the big bat news was supposed to be keaton and affleck were coming back we heard mm-hmm. about flash and then obviously they they completely dropped the big bombshell at the end with the batman trailer as we talked about last segment but then they snuck in about Batman, the long Halloween yeah. will be coming to animated film form. Now, if you have never read the Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale classic, mm-hmm. it is truly worth your time to go pick up. From ni- Published in 90, 1996, uh, 13 issues, amazing early Batman, detective work, crime fighting. It covers the gamut of every holiday as he's trying to track down the holiday killer who is killing people on uh, the major holidays. Mm-hmm. It's a fantastic story. It's arguably my favorite Batman story. Yeah. It's, it's up there. I know people are going, wait, Scott Snyder didn't write it? Trust me. This story is amazing. Yeah. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it to anybody that is a Batman fan. Like I said, even though it was written in 96, it's not dated. Mm-hmm. It still holds up. I mean, you have to keep it in perspective that this is done year one, year two range. Mm-hmm. So Batman is still very, very new to the crime-fighting world. Right. But they cover the gamut of all his major uh, rogues gallery, and to see the reveal of who Holiday is is amazing. Yeah. Like I say, it's just something for any Batman fan. You can go pick it up at trade paperback form. I know that they had a sequel that came to it, which is also equally as good, but to see this in animated form... Oh, especially when their animated stuff is so good. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, so, like I said, I watch, because uh, I had some free time over the weekend... Uh, what brief free time I had. I did watch, uh, while I was doing some laundry, uh, Batman uh, Assault on Arkham, which was amazing. Oh, it's, it's like so Batman. It's a, it's a Batman film, but it's so not a Batman film. Right. I mean, it's just, it's a different vibe to it, a different feel to it that you've seen on the animated style. Yeah. So yeah. It, it still holds up. Like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, no matter how crazy storylines get, it still holds up to this day. So I'm definitely, yeah. you know, excited to see what they're going to do. I mean, their animation stuff, like you touched upon. Always incredible, you know, Assault on Arkham, mm-hmm. you know, read about it. And now this, I mean, how how else can you just say, like, what other stories could they do in animated style that we haven't seen yet? Mm. Kingdom Come, maybe? Maybe, yeah. I mean, that's the one I, I'm still waiting to see. I, I'd love to see a live action one. I don't care if Zack Snyder directs it. Yeah. I'm there opening night for it and then some. Well, so they could do maybe do, like, uh, Injustice. Oh, I, re- I realize they did the game, and that's kind of, kind of the same. But animated, they could maybe take some liberties and have some fun. Give me my Injustice Snyder verse. That's all I'm saying. You want to talk about the renewal of Zack Snyder to DC? I'm saying based off of the last Justice League film and how violent that was, you can't tell me they won't, they can't do it. Go watch Apocalypse War or whatever it's called. They can get that violent. Oh, they can go there. So definitely a lot of stuff to be hyped about. So Long Halloween, obviously in 2021, uh, that's going to be worth picking up. And speaking of picking up stuff, the comic book pick of the week. Batman Three Jokers number one is out on shelves. Uh, and we'll just say this. Good luck finding this. Yeah. I tried going to my local shop and I missed out on it actually, but I did wind up getting a copy later at another shop. Uh, so either way, it is worth the pickup. 
It is Jeff Johns and Jason Fabrics uh Joker origin story. Origins. Yeah, cuz I mean, this is a non I'm going to try keeping this spoiler free as much as possible. Okay. The book just came out and I I have a lot of feelings about it, but the backstory that you just need to know and this isn't going to spoil anything cuz it's been out since 2015. During the Dark Side War, Batman sat in the New Gods uh, Metron, mm-hmm. his Mobius chair. Okay. And he gets cosmic knowledge, like of, you know, right. you know, unlimited proportion. So he asked the one question that he's never been able to figure out who is the Joker? He finds out that allegedly there are three Jokers. Mm-hmm. And this is the origin story, allegedly, of said three Jokers. So now he's finally investigating it after all this time. We do find out that each Joker is from a different time period. Right. So the one is referred to as the criminal, and that is the one from the Golden Age of comics. There's the clown, which is from the Silver Age, and most notably the one that was involved in the death in the family storyline. Right. And then there's the comedian, who is most notably known from Batman the Killing Joke and Present Day. So, So there's the mix of all three. And the story here centers around Batman unsolving this mystery. Uh, he has the Red Hood and Batgirl Barbara Gordon involved. And it is not, dare I say, kid-friendly. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, the storyline, I don't really know what to think of it as of yet. There is a plan involved and how the ultimate endgame is going to be for this, I don't know. I mean, this is going a lot of kind of crazy direct, you know, directions, twists and turns to mm-hmm. begin with. Uh, most notably, though, which if you're a longtime Batman fan, and like I stress, if you have read Death in the Family, mm-hmm. uh, how they go about the dynamic between that Joker and Red Hood. Put it to you. Let's put it to you this way: If you've read Death in the Family, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we know that Joker is in this story. Yeah, uh, we know Jason Todd is in this story. If you know anything about those two characters, you know how this is going to go. Yes. Uh, so definitely, there was a quote unquote shocking moment. We'll say they're not exchanging milk and cookies. No, but what I thought was even more telling is there is a line that Red Hood says to Batgirl after something happens. Mm-hmm. And it's a long pause. Yeah. And I'm going to wait maybe till next week or till some more people read it. I want to get some feedback about this. I I want to know what everybody's thinking about issue one. I, I thought it was good. Um, okay. You know, like I said, I, I, I'm still not sure where we're going with it. Sure. Like I said, um, I definitely got to get over to my normal comic shop. But like I said, I couldn't find an issue, so I had to go somewhere else for it. Um, which, hey, the more the merrier. You can go as many comic shops as you can to find it. But this one, like Pad was alluding to is a very hard book to find right yeah. now. So this one is going to be definitely talked about. I mean, it lived up to the hype. I just don't know where they're exactly going. That's a good thing, though. Yeah. Like At least for me. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, I have my interpretations of, like, where I think they're going with the story. Sure. But I, Something like this that's this big and that has been this anticipated and kind of built up, You, I, I wouldn't want to know it's going to go to A to B to C to D, and there we are at the end. Yeah. You know, I like that where it's like, okay, we go to A, there's like nine different paths this could go down, and I have no idea which way it's going to go. It, it, you know, it's not like the you know the old kids choose your own adventure books. Turn to page you know twenty three for this option. Turn to page forty five for this option, and, and you're all right. If I turn to page forty five, I know what's going to happen. Let's go to the other one. You know, this one you don't know where it's going to go. No, I really don't because the setup that they've given so far to like what the major storyline is going to be mm-hmm. of like how the the jokers are the jokers. Mm-hmm. I still don't fully get. Like, I understand it, but I'm also sitting there very puzzled by it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Just because 
I don't see how you get from point A to point B so easily. Mm-hmm. And I also think if this is like a long-term buildup, which I which is the vibe I'm getting, how has this not been discovered before is kind of my only question. Mm. That's that's kind of where I'm sitting with it. But I trust Jeff Johns and what he's writing. Obviously, he always does amazing work. Um, the artwork is amazing, too. Like I say, I want to get into a little bit more of this as the issues are coming out. Um, but how the story is going to go from here, I don't know. It's very dark. And I'm just saying, if it's going to be the Joker origin story, mm-hmm. you're also comparing it to The Killing Joke by Alan Moore. Yeah. I don't know if you can top that. Yeah, that's I mean, true. That, like, it's very true. Anytime you, you mess around with, I don't want to say like a holy grail of comics, mm-hmm. but it's like there are certain books you don't touch. You yeah. Know, you don't go near Watchmen. Yeah. Albeit Jeff Johns did. It was better than expected. Sure. Um, but still a fine line I wouldn't have walked, but that's me. Sure. And the killing joke is up there as well just because of this was the antithesis of what the Joker is. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take a character that's this iconic and this known in pop culture right. to dance around and give a new origin, I'm just hoping it's not anything that's super out there. Yeah, well, let's face it. They've changed his origin like 15 times. They oh, could just change it again. Yeah, which I'm just saying, like, I, I kind of hope that this is that this isn't so – I don't want to overcomplicate it. That's the Joker, though. Yeah, but but to the to the extent of it loses what makes the Joker the Joker. Yeah, like true. that's that's the only thing I'm worried about with this true. story right now. True. But like I said, Jeff Johns hasn't failed me yet. So if you can get to your local comic shop, go pick it up. Yeah. Go check out any comic podcast. Shout out to Cheers to Comics. Shout out to Wednesday Pull List. Um, like anybody that's going to be talking about this this book, goes to the Stratosphere. I know is is, mm-hmm. is talking about this as well. Yeah, go check them out and get their feedback about this. Okay, like I definitely want to hear some more of our podcasting friends about this. But overall, like I said, I thought it was a good issue to start with. I am just very trepidatious about where they're going with the story. Sure, but like I said. As long as they don't really make this into something weird and we get like a Heroes in Crisis type deal where mm. the story started great and ended in, yeah. in a big pile of doom, yeah, then we'll be okay. Yeah. So definitely support your local comic shops wherever you are at and definitely let's hit up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts about Three Jokers? Uh, we should know also uh, that New Mutants does come out this week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. It like, comes out this week. If if a lot of you might be wondering, oh, why am I not seeing any reviews? Why am I not seeing any of this? Why isn't IGN putting out their thing? Uh, that is because Disney is not doing press screeners for the film. Which could mean one of two things. One, uh, studios will often do that if they think a film is not going to do well and they don't want word of how bad it is to get out, mm. which could be the case in this Could instance. be the case. Uh, what I think is more likely the case is that not every theater is reopened right now, and also I don't think they want to get a group of people together for multiple hours on time, mm-hmm. given the current pandemic. I agree, too, and that's where I think it is. Unfortunately, we won't be able to cover it because here in New York, uh, theaters aren't open. Yeah, and so, I wasn't going to see it anyway. Yeah, I know Pat wasn't going. I was going to go, but I don't feel like traveling and quarantining. Oh, so you're not going to be like the guy who read the uh, article from the Variety. Uh, this gentleman is a resident in California. Uh, he has booked a plane ticket uh, to travel to Austin, Texas to see uh, 
Tenet from Christopher Nolan, I guess because uh, studio or, uh, theaters aren't opening California yet. So he's booked a round-trip flight from Los Angeles. This is uh, from the Variety article. Uh, the round-trip flight from Los Angeles to Austin, a three-hour Spirit Airlines journey uh, in the time in time for the September 1st screening, set him back $220. Uh, and that's without accounting for the cinema stub itself, popcorn or soda. Uh, his plan... Land in the Lone Star State, where the movie theaters have reopened. Book it to the AMC uh, theater he is going to and see the movie twice before returning home. Uh, he said, quote, I'm seeing the movie like three hours after I land. That's the whole purpose of this trip. Uh, my friends think I'm crazy going all the way across the country to watch it. But we want to show support for this film and we'll do anything to see it. Close quote. So you're not doing that? Uh, no. Uh, one, there's only one person I know that would fly out of state to go see this movie, New Mutants, and that's Mike C. from Horror Zone 607. Okay. Mike would do this. I say, I know somebody who would do it for Tenet. Yeah, he's a big Nolan fan. Yeah, for te- like, I understand the purpose. Salute you if you have the money, resources, and time to do that. Yeah, really. Not this guy. No. I am excited to see Tenet. I've been trying to avoid spoilers. I was talking with Dre on Twitter. Shout out to Dre, as always. And it's basically trying to bob and weave and duck anything for getting this movie spoiled. Uh If you want a review of this, I'll plug the Countdown with Paul and Wayne podcast. They did a spoiler-free review of Tenet. So you can definitely check that out on anywhere you find podcasts. So that being said, like, no, I can't justify leaving to go fly to watch a movie and then come back and have to do all the proper procedures. Uh Mm-hmm here in new york for it like for me i can't do it but you know if you got the time money and you can afford to do that do you my friend do you like i said there's only one person i know that is willing to go fly to go see new mutants and that is mike c from horizon 607 that doesn't surprise me no if you know mike trust me hit him up at horizon 607 he will talk to you about this movie. He oh, is excited. Yeah, I'm sure. He might secretly be somewhere watching the movie. <laughs> we don't know. Like, hit up at Three Fat Nerds Pod. You might get a better answer than what you're going to get from Mike. Uh, where in the world is Mike C to watch this movie? Because he's going to. And I am hoping the movie does well considering everything. But then if it's released next week on Disney Plus or Hulu, I'll be watching it. And trust me, I will review it. I'll review the hell out of it. I am just waiting to see what happens with it because I think it's going to be a short run in the theaters for New Mutants. Yeah. And then... Shortest run of all time. Probably. It's probably going to be like three days and then gone. So hopefully it makes some money at the box office. Yeah. And then we'll be critiquing it. And if it's the hot pile of dumpster fire that Pat is thinking is... Yeah, it's absolutely going to be. Yeah. Then trust me, we'll have a lot to say on the OEPH about it. Like maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll do like a watch party or something. I don't know. No, not me. Pat will watch from a distance just cursing it out. No, not even. Not even a little? No. No, I will not watch it in any way, shape, or form. All right. I won't even... If, put it to you this way. If this thing ends up on TV with commercials, I still won't watch it. Wow. That is saying something. Dark Phoenix just left such a bad taste in my mouth that I want nothing left to do with the franchise, at least in its Fox iteration. Wow. Man. Enough said there. So, that, I guess I guess that being said, the music you heard on this edition of the ODPH podcast is that a shout at the Robots. I don't know if Julian and company are going to watch New Mutants. We'll have to hit them up and see. But if you want to find out everything going on with S-A-T-R, swing on over to OchoDuroParleyHour.com and hit up the music section. You can find out all about them. You can find out all about Fair City Fire, Floodlands, Second Suitor, Tom Julu, and the list goes on and on and on. 
of all the great music that you hear on the ODPH podcast. While you're there, swing on over to the ODPH directory. You can go check out friends of the show, such as Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming, who Pat is still not accepting his apology for the egregious comments he said about Ratchet and Clank. Egregious. Egregious. You can also check out everything going on with Excite Wrestling. Shout out to Johnny Moose and Co. Just had their drive-up wrestling card this past week. We were down in attendance. You heard about that on the sports show, so definitely check that episode out if you want more. Or you want to just swing it over to ExciteWrestling.com, and you can get all the Excite action you need. Also, check out organizational links supporting Black Lives Matter and voter registration. And you can check out all the amazing pod groups that we are in via their pod chaser pages. So shout out to Alternate Reality Radio. Shout out to the Legion of Independent Podcast. Shout out to Pod Nation. Shout out to the Apocalypse, And shout out to Hashtag 607 Podcast. Mike C., Rich, Ron, and Hashtag Big Natty Cool still, Pad. Mm-hmm. Still on Twitter. Wow. And he's not behind a paywall there. That's so very true. If you swing over there and you see the content and you're like, I need the unedited diesel, you can go sign up for patreon.com slash 8122productions and you can get all the Dr. Derek you can handle. Lord have mercy. And that is a lot, folks. They have a lot of stuff going on there. So you definitely want to sign up and check it out and get all that content. So much more at ochoduroparleyhour.com that you need to get familiar with, including twitch.tv slash 607podcast. Almost at affiliate status. Ooh. So once we get there, some big news is coming via 3 Fat Nerds Pod and the ODPH, so you definitely want to tune in. Drop a follow and get all the content you can handle. All of that and so much more at OchoDuroParleyHour.com. That's all I got for this week. So for the one and only Padawan J. 91 days, still no HBO Max app on Roku or Amazon Fire. Uh, 42 days, still no Peacock app on Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. Nobody drops better stats than Pad. Nobody. Work on that shit. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time. (laughs) 